The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We're here to make a change so all can be free. A call has been made. Hey everybody, welcome to season 5 of Reporting as Eligible. I can't believe we're on season 5 of Reporting as Eligible. Um, uh, it's the new era. We have Jordan Love replacing Hall of Fame quarterbacks. We had the family night this week. We play a game on Friday. I think it's on Friday. Um, uh, there's we actually have information from camp we have reasons for optimism and pessimism and so uh, do a little uh you know family night camp preview here i get the, the season started off right and uh i have i have the normal crew here so first of all as usual but not in urban wauwatosa in fact in rural somewhere uh, <laughs> uh really close to his camera we have Ooh, hey it's jr <laughs> trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, I'm close to my camera because that's where my native microphone is. Because uh, of course I forgot my actual microphone in uh, you know in Milwaukee. So yeah, we're a little bit out of state, but uh, but you guys are really the, the timing of this is terrible. I I was planning on curling up and watching Hard Knocks tonight uh, as it premieres on HBO to watch uh, watch Aaron Rodgers, but uh, but here we are talking about his old team, I guess. <laughs> Everybody wants the celebrity. Um, uh, this should be a good hard knock season, though, because uh, I'm looking for a storyline just about a feud between former Packers and current Jets. And yeah. um, what they have Hackett, but like I do want to see if there is a, a feud between like modern concepts and what Aaron likes to do, because we have gotten a lot of information out of Aaron uh, since he's been gone and, and on McAfee and on other garbage that he really disliked a lot of concepts that objectively are good to run for a football team, like didn't like pre-snap motion. But that like is like a 25% bump to your offense to do pre-snap motion and didn't like throwing over the middle and, and um, like liked running that clock down really like a bunch of stuff. So I'm, I'm actually interested yeah. in this. I think it could be a, a really fun hard knocks that blows up in everybody's face. Um, which is honestly what I'm, I think we're all rooting for that more than anything. Um, yeah. I just want to see Aaron Rodgers fight with the makers of hard knocks since he doesn't apparently want them there. <laughs> so like you get all the concept mumbo jumbo, blah, blah, blah. I just want to see fights, baby. I just want to see snarky madness and such. Yeah. I think we'll get some of those too. Should, should be mm-hmm. a good old time. And uh, the, the jets, um, they're, uh, 
they were really good last year except for the quarterback and they they did add you know Aaron but they're also going to be getting an offensive downgrade from a lot of his personnel and I'm not sure their defense is going to be quite as good they were third in the NFL last year um they had a safety um blow his Achilles I think the other day um yeah um (laughs) Aaron brings with him some other curses apparently too Mm -hmm. and of course their division is just nails like the football outsiders projects Buffalo to win 11 games this year um the the Patriots suck but they're still coached by you know a great coach and uh, it's gonna be tough it should be a fun one I I, I am gonna hate watch the Jets a little bit too so um should be good and uh also joining us in the ruralist place on earth My name is Matt, but you can call me Matub, Acme Packing Company meme weaver, general Twitter rabble rouser, and new fan of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Matt's off-season project. He uh, he knows everything about baseball now. Look, I, I really do want to talk about Christian Yelich's inability to put any loft underneath the ball. It's somehow still breaking 100 miles per hour exit velocity. It's really the only way he can hit dingers. He, he needs to, to pull more inside pitches. We have truly created a monster. Yeah, it, is, yeah. it is a sight to behold. It's really it was, something. It, it, was, it was dipping its toes into the self-awareness last year, and now it's just full-on. Like I think he knows more about baseball than I do. It's very weird. <laughs> very very upsetting turn of events. No, you see, JR, my, my greatest ability is to sound like I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I know, I know a little bit. Mine You're too. Right about that. Mine too. I, I, I know a little <laughs> bit, but I sound like I know a lot. Yeah, well, this is what I do when I come on a Packers podcast called Reporting is Eligible. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing I have a rundown to ask questions so that you guys can talk. But, uh, yeah, you know. Indeed. You've done a very good job at it, Matt. You are you are you are a skilled sounding baseball fan. Yeah, I appreciate Great. the effort and and your seeming enjoyment of baseball video games, which is a good gateway to liking any sport. Honestly, sure. So true. All good. Um, all right. So, um, did anybody actually watch Family Night? Um, I watched I watched uh, the cut ups that appeared on the twitter.com yeah, JR you were the only one who could I think theoretically watch Family Night but I'm not sure you were actually able to watch Family Night is that the show with Stewie the talking baby Family uh, Night no uh, it's oh, the uh, one, it's the one with Urkel oh the one with Urkel God, that's right both of us were so lame and I love you guys so much by the way yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't I'm okay. sorry that's fine to this day uh oh Matt cut out Family Matters has one of the best theme songs uh, yeah, it's Kansas Man. Yep, that's which is funny because I can hear you guys perfectly. Yeah, that's right. But I think your point yeah, was Family so, Matters had a good theme song, which yeah, that's true. One of the best of all time, but yeah, I'm lagging real bad now. Crap. Yeah, you'll catch up while we talk. Um, so yeah. they made Family Night hard to watch. Uh, they had streamed it outside of the markets in the past, but they didn't this time. Um, uh, I believe it was uh, Murphy citing uh, a, a, it would give away a tactical advantage if people could watch it, which is. Re- ridiculous very weird yeah very weird weird guy our front office is made up of weird people um which is worth always keeping in mind they're they're very analytical but they're big old weirdos um but uh justice did a lot of cut-ups there were a lot of highlights online there's always big b putting out stuff illegally um and uh (laughs) um i I would say my summation is it went okay um uh, love was okay uh what made it on tape 
was mostly pretty good. They, for some reason, cut away from under center plays almost entirely, so we only have shotgun. <laughs> um, but overall, he was 11 of 18. Um, he was especially good over the middle, but he was not good on his deep shots. Uh, he overshot um, Romeo Dobbs on one of them. He threw one into double coverage. Uh, didn't complete any outside bombs, but over the middle was great to Musgrave, to Jaden Reed. Um, I think Reed caught one. It's always hard to tell on the cut-ups. Um, but, you know, it, it's a practice. There's only so much you can take away. It's not real. It's fake. Um, I would have liked it if he'd gone, you know, 11 for 11. But it uh, could have been worse. Not too shabby. Uh, so I think everybody's kind of happy with that, generally speaking. Um, and Luke Musgrave, I would say, was also the sort of the receiving star there. He's been getting rave reviews all throughout camp. And the ones that were complete and deep and dangerous were generally in his direction. So that's a big plus. Tight ends often take a while to come around. And if they're going to have a good offense, they need one of the tight ends they drafted to be a good target. And they they seemingly got that. So that's good. Um, uh, all good there. Uh, on, the, on the negative side, though, like the missing guys wide isn't great. It's been a consistent problem for Love. And in camp, the offense is, has been soundly outplayed by the defense, often because of this, because Love hasn't been super accurate. Um on outside throws so yeah you know there's pluses and minuses we won't know anything till they actually play a preseason game and even then we won't know anything but you know not i think pretty good any any other reactions by the well, people who didn't see anything do you know the um the <laughs> current rhetoric going around is roger's first family night yeah he was bad that's true he, he was, like, was outright outright i think bad. he was seven of 18 or something like that Oh, I, I thought I thought it was worse than that. It was like eight to twenty-four. Like it, it was like legitimately like it a, was definitely like a, t- a single-digit number over a very very high number. So, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely true. Very different vibes between the Aaron Rodgers family night and the Jordan Love family night. The eras, <laughs> the eras were uh, were struggling at the time. Fans were struggling at the time when Rodgers so, was kicking into gear. Okay, so I I have a grievance to air okay. that I'm, that is is some crow that I hope I have to eat later. All right. So the expectations of this season, I think, are way too high. <laughs> um, so yeah, the first year, I got the you. first year, the first year of Aaron Rodgers when he was he was pretty good. Like he wasn't he wasn't yet the unbeatable Aaron Rodgers that we knew and loved, but he was pretty good. He was above the Dalton line, um, with a roster that for the most part went to an NFC Championship game, and then they went six and ten. They did. That is true. This is this is Jordan Love, who everyone is talking about. They expect him to be an average quarterback on a team that missed the playoffs last year. That's fair. Like, I, do think, do I, so, I just feel like I'm the only person who's making these connections. <laughs> um, I think that's all fair. I think the big the big differences all exist outside of the Packers. Um, part so partially thing one. This division is trash. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, so I, we can skip ahead a little bit here. We'll come back to it. But uh, whatever Football Outsiders is called now, which I have to get into my head at some point, FTN or whatever, they, they came out with their Kubiak projections. And uh, the Lions are projected to narrowly win the division with 9.7 wins over the Packers, who are projected to have awesome. 9.3 wins. So wow. um, we play our division. Um, you know, you play a, a smattering of everybody, but – we play two games in our garbage division and we play the NFC South, which is somehow an even garbagier division than our division. Uh, so, um, 
and if you read that the outsider projection description, that nine point three wins is with the assumption that Jordan Love is a replacement level quarterback. Wow. So, um, and you can see it in sort of their breakdown. They're like bell curve. Like if he's if he's better than replacement, they they were like twenty percent Super Bowl contender on that projection. Just because if he's like good, <laughs> there's a good chance they get like a first round buy. Oh wow. Yeah. So like, and then and then just get murdered by whatever AFC. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Actually, absolutely slaughtered by any of the actual <laughs> good teams. Uh, and I think that's the important thing to keep in mind is record-wise, it's pretty likely that Love plays about as good as Rodgers did in that first season at best uh, that went 6-10. and 10. It's just that I think if he plays that well, they'll have a much better record because the rest of the league will just allow that to happen. Um, so that's all good. Uh, and uh, we have a lot of, we've had a lot of bears crowing um, on Twitter that they, they've been chippy. Um, when, it's we'll, so bad. We'll get to that later too. Just for, for the, their, I have to scroll down a little bit here because I put in the rundown the numbers. Uh, the Bears are projected to come in last in not just the NFC North, but in the NFC entirely with five point four wins. <laughs> so um, yeah, everybody, check check yourself on on Bears optimism there. Let's uh, let's slow your roll so, a little bit. As part of my anti Bears optimism campaign earlier in the off season, I went through and looked up the fate of every single team with the first overall pick. I should rephrase every single team that earned the first overall pick, not necessarily the ones who used it. Okay. Um, none of them have ever won the Super Bowl, And you can count on one hand, the amount of times in the Super Bowl era. Wait. Oh, the next season, they never won the Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Like, like yeah. the fall, the season after earning the first yeah. Uh, overall pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because um, presumably the, the team that earned the number one pick did not win the Super Bowl by virtue of having the worst record in the NFL that right. year. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, yes. And by being the worst team in the NFL. Like, it's hard to come yeah. back from that. It's um, very difficult. And, the math and works, like, maybe. But. <laughs> but And it's like uh, you can count on one hand the amount of times they made the playoffs. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's happened. It, it's I think like, it's like five times it, since 1990. Yes, or it's like very, that. very small. That That one I do know. Um, so yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, <laughs> so us as our analytical stat head type of people, we can talk about these correlations. In theory, though, you look at you got to divorce yourself a little bit from the analytics to say they have a in their minds. I don't know if it's true. A quarterback who is developing and in like you know kind of that stage of his career where he should be taking a big step forward. So it's that's not true for most teams that are getting the number one pick they're getting their quarterback just now or they have a rookie quarterback or you know they've got some got all the situation I, I the the problem for fields is he's going to take a big step forward into his backpedaling center and get sacked <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the problem for so you and i know that <laughs> um we have a question later so i'm going to save a little bit of fields for it because i have a good answer for it but um we have we have a, a, a now a, a a nice history of the worst career starts for quarterbacks over their first few seasons, and there's just not that much to give you optimism about what Fields brings to the table. So just on the same chart as Fields using DVOA as our proxy here, um, similar players. There's one good one. That's Troy Aikman. Um, Troy Aikman was absolute trash for his first season and a half, which drags down his first two seasons, uh, and then was, you know, a Hall of Famer. But the rest of the list, this list is Jeff George, Ryan Leaf, Tim Couch, Joey Harrington, uh, Blaine Gabbert, Brandon Whedon, Sam Darnold, Dwayne Haskins, RIP, 
Uh, and perhaps the best case scenario for Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, which is not a great best case scenario to have. That's if you're mobile and kind of accurate and get yourself with an all a very good offensive coordinator who takes advantage of your wheels, you can go like 500. Um, that's what Daniel Jones is. So that's what you're fighting against if you're rooting for Justin Fields. And uh, I and not so yeah. And Troy Aikman developed into a quote unquote Hall of Famer I, because he had can, the greatest roster in football he, of he all did, time. He did. That's true. <laughs> He was he was good though. Um, a lot of Troy Aikman problems are volume problems, and a lot of those. Well, okay. And I was also going to say, okay, there are, right. there are two very different types of quarterbacks. Troy <laughs> yeah, Aikman. That's was, a good point. Justin Troy Aikman is, not is like a, Troy Aikman. <laughs> yes, Troy Aikman is a statuesque uh, accuracy and timing. Yes. So you're looking at like a Drew Brees, like like Justin Fields ain't Drew Brees. <laughs> yes. True. So if you were, if you had a bet as to how deep into our season of reporting is eligible that we would relitigate the Hall of Fame candidacy of either Aikman or John Elway, you now have your answer. You Congratulations do. if you took the under. Yes, that's the first episode. <laughs> well done, everybody. Good job. All right. So John Elway is the first time in my life I've ever rooted against labor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ouch. All right. All right. Um, I'm so, from Michigan, man. I, I was know. raised. Yeah. <laughs> Labor Uber Alice. Um, all right. <laughs> um, so I put together some some camp risers and fallers, but there's I, I have a I have a cockamamie one I talk I want to talk about first. Uh, so um, we'll we'll get to the legitimate ones in a second. But is it Anders Carlson? It's not. Um, I think everybody's. Alas. I think we're sort of on the same page there. Uh, this is. A, I, I thought it was Anders. Oh sure. Really? Like it's spelled the same way as the dude from Workaholics. So I've been pronouncing so it that way. His kid's going to be Anderson. Yeah, Anders, Anders, Anderson, okay. Anders. All right, Anderson. So, so here's my. But yes, this is my theory that, that no one else thinks is true and is probably garbage. But I want to put it out there. So the unofficial depth chart was released today by the Packers, and uh, one of the weird things about it was that the two starting outside receivers were uh, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, and the slot receiver was actually Samari Toure. Um, and Jaden Reed's been playing slot like 90% of the time in camp. So that's a weird thing. Uh, everybody kind of thinks they did it because they think they're, they're basically labeling Toure as the third receiver and not at a position specifically. But my theory is that Romeo Dobbs is actually secretly bad. Um, he was bad on family night. He was bad last year after he came back from injuries. Uh, and while he's gotten a lot of targets in camp, and he's made a couple of circus catches here and there, uh, I don't think he's been particularly good in camp either. Um, so I think they that they secretly think that he's like, well, his reputation is like up and comer, going to soak up a lot of targets, that they have Toure there because they kind of think they might need somebody else outside at some point. Uh, that could could have been Dontavian Wicks just as easily. But uh, Toure, by all accounts, had a good camp, uh, has made a lot of good plays, has been really consistent, good route runner. And uh, that that's just my little inkling off of the uh, the, de- the depth chart, which was otherwise fairly uninteresting. <laughs> okay, uh, and and which of the two was your wide receiver OPS star? Toure. Exactly. Yes, that's my guy. <laughs> you you are biased. I'm absolutely biased here. I'm also biased for Wicks, by the way. Those are my those are my guys. Mm. Dobbs is not my guy. So um, the other thing is he's he is like a. He he struggles more than the rest of the receivers with uh with press with physic with physicality. He played in one of the most open air raids in college football when he was in college. He always had a free release, and that's why in practice he's so good because you don't press in practice as much, um, and you don't care about 
beating people up as much. So he's always looking a lot better than he is in game situations. So anyway, I just to, I want to put that out there. Theory for people to follow over the course of the season. I think Romeo Dobbs might kind of suck, and we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, but other than do that, you think, oh yeah, do you think it's crazy? Because to take a step back, like it made sense in principle, but now that you see it. The skill position guys that Samari Toure is legitimately one of the like veteran go tos that that is going to be part of this. That <laughs> your tight ends are rookies, your receivers are second year players and rookies. Obviously, they have Aaron Jones, but I mean, I mean, paired with Jordan Love, does it? I mean, that's crazy, right? Like the <laughs> fact that they haven't signed anybody is nuts, right? It is. It they've is. Got, they've got to be one of the youngest offenses in the league, yeah, right? A hundred percent, without without any question, especially at skill position. Like there, you know, there's some old men on the line, but. There are no old men in the skill positions at all, except for Aaron Jones. Um, yeah, jo- Jerry, you're right. It's insane. And I think conventional NFL teams would absolutely not do this. They would go and grab a veteran for leadership or whatever, just for comfort for the quarterback. But um, I kind of get it because this is uh, what? So, sorry, you just reminded me. So, like, literally every single drive time radio host who uses the old school football brain mentality was pounding the table to go get Amari Rogers off of waivers. Oh, really? As a veteran press. No one said that. No, one said no that. you're making that up. Yeah. I no wish I was making that. that up. I can I can tell you the name of someone, but I don't want to name names. You got something in your eye, Mattel. Yeah, What's you going do. on with that? Yeah, I'm sorry. I got to wink it out. Uh, yeah, I don't... Uh... I don't think that's real. I, think that's real. <laughs> I, 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 gotta, I just I gotta, think I got to wink it out. I, I think, think. I think their Sammy Watkins experience kind of scarred them a lot last year, and there weren't a lot yeah. of good options out there to just randomly bring back. Honestly, one of the best free agent receivers was Alan Lazard. <laughs> and, um, he yes, there's won- a reason that Alan Lazard got ten million a year, yes. and it's because he was the best on the market. He wanted to go with his buddy, and so if you weren't going to hunt out like actual talent for big money. Getting it like a Watkins level receiver, I, I just don't think it. All it does is take away snaps from guys you want to check out. And uh, like while the Packers, uh, I, I, Matt started with, let's you know slow our roll on optimism here. And I was kind of like, well, they're projected for nine wins and they might have something. Um, this is a tryout year for them. I, I like I think their attitude this year is, if we happen to compete. Yay. If we don't, then we draft a better quarterback next year. So, like, I don't think that there's this big impetus to bring in, like, veteran mentors because I really think they just want to get a look at as many young players as they can and make determinations. And I don't think they care about winning that much. I think it mm-hmm. might actually help them to have that attitude because um, I don't want my Sammy Watkins around anymore. I think veteran presence is overrated in many positions, not all of them. Uh, I'm a little surprised they didn't bring in a tight end. <laughs> that would be the one I would say. Um, they, those guys tend to take a while to develop, even in the best case scenario. So that, uh, yeah, but like, how strapped for cash are they? Like, we we were discussing in the APC point. Slack chat, yeah. like the, the possibility that they straight up couldn't afford Mercedes. Yeah, I mean, they're so strapped for cash that it's one of the reasons they made so many seventh round picks. It's because wage scales <laughs> apply to seventh round bodies. picks. Yeah, and, and like signing guys in as UDFA is after the draft is more expensive than drafting guys in the seventh round. <laughs> so th- that was actually valuable to keep them under the cap. Um, but that's a good point too. Like they don't have extra money to throw at people without damaging the future, which, you know, you don't want to do. Yeah. All right. So your other risers include Jaden Reed, another one of the, uh, you know, brand new, brand new, brand yeah. new skill position players. Who I've come full yeah. circle on, by the way, since. Yeah. People, it sounds like you hear his name all the time. People will yell at me for my draft take, which fine. You should. I was, 
I think I'm going to be wrong about it. So, <laughs> but uh, I, I think he's good and playing in the slot. I think he'll be excellent. So, yay for that. The the fact that you're still taking lumps for that. No, I, I actually I haven't. Was... I'm just preparing to. People have been very nice, honestly. Okay. But like, it's it is. It's still not going to reach the level of MDS leaving up his Trubisky tweet. Yeah, God bless MDS like that, for that one. God, that's the that's maybe the greatest sports tweet of all time in terms of <laughs> uh, cold takes, right? Yeah, it's a pretty cold take. Um, but yeah, him leaving it up there and and you being very vocal about not like because that's the thing is like people give us crap for being super pessimistic, but it's like we hope we're wrong, <laughs> like. I'm not rooting against the team. I'm yeah. just trying to be realistic. Uh, speaking of tweets, not a cold take, but the Devondre Campbell uh, shot back at Adam Shine this week. <laughs> like that was unfiltered gloriousness on Twitter. That um, was that was more than I could have expected. That was wild stuff. I love it. That was great. Fantastic. <laughs> his, his Dollar General Coke bottle glasses and baggy <laughs> ass suit. Oh man, like so he just, incredible. He, he just didn't stop. It was just nonstop roasting. Okay. Also, I've been calling him Adam Sheehan for my entire life. I did not know it was Shine. I actually, yeah. I guess I never thought about it. <laughs> I don't like. Know what so it I is. Pr- I pronounce it like the like the Alibaba website. I mean, official yeah. policy of reporting as eligible is that we don't pronounce names properly. So we are so bad at this. Yeah, it took us a long terrible. time to get Nyman. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, Yosh. and it was Yosh. You <laughs> called him Yosh. Got the whole thing wrong. Yeah, like he's short for Yoshi, which maybe maybe that is correct. I, who knows? Who knows? But hey, I I still get to stand on the fact that I was the only Packers content creator for multiple years to say Tunyon's name right. I still think he says it wrong, so that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, we're so slow to adopt that we're still in denial. Um, Speaking, though, of Yash, of Nyman, the the, the offensive line, actually the defensive line too for that matter, but offensive line is interesting Yeah, because I was really curious to see where he would fit in. And and you've got Zach Tom playing very well and looking like he has to play somewhere on this line. Josh Myers all of a sudden has his job threatened, which is not something I would have put on my bingo card. And then Sean Ryan Ryan coming out of nowhere to be kind of one of the camp surprises. Yeah. They, they suddenly have quite a few options on the offensive line. Yeah, Ryan's so, been good. Ryan is a is a fun case of um, coming back from a ped suspension yep. and and magically being better. Yeah, um, I um, I think this may be a a combination of yes, you're not taking PEDs anymore, but you kind of got your your effort in gear. You, you got the wake up call a little bit, and I think that's what we got with Sean Ryan. So. so well, the but the another thing that you run into in uh, other sports and other realms is uh, locker room bro science and people taking the wrong PEDs. Oh, and, <laughs> All right, um, here's the libel portion of the show. This is not no, about. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not. I I am not even putting the accusation I, on I'm the just, man. I'm saying yeah. Disclaimer here. Um, Sean Ryan was suspended for PED use. That's not libel. Matt is not going to speculate on what generally can happen to people who aren't uh, actual people. So go ahead. So football is not exclusively an anaerobic activity. A lot of locker room bro culture um, pushes PEDs that will increase your anaerobic abilities, but will ruin your uh, aerobic abilities. So, you will get big and strong, but you also retain a lot of water and you bloat and you can't like walk up a flight of stairs. So your cardio but, goes to hell. 
Yes, your your cardio completely disappears, huh. and your leverages change. You are essentially learning your new body. So there are things such as uh, Diana Ball, which just makes you blow up, but you get real big and strong really fast. But you you look like a moon, you okay. get moon face. Um, Fair enough. So there are there are instances where people are are taking bro drugs when they really should not. Hmm. That is actually interesting. Yes, it is. It, it yes. might be. Potentially libelous, but it is interesting. I tangented I tangented away from the topic and well done. talked about bro culture anyway, in general. Aside from all that, I, Sean Ryan has showed out. He's one of the few Packers who's been able to hold up to Devontae Wyatt inside. Um, he's played very consistently, and uh, I thought he was going to be washed after he was bad and suspended, but he's bounced back nicely. So that's good. Their offensive line looks to be very, very solid, and... Uh, Part of that is Zach Tom and the verse like Zach Tom is basically Elton Jr. Right, like he he's just our guy who can play anywhere. He's just like ten pounds lighter at fifteen. More 20. like more like Elton but, Giant because he's because <laughs> he's really tall. He's tall, but uh, he's not big. Well, he well he claims to be above three hundred. He now. gained weight. Yeah, I think that's legitimate too. Um, but I I do think he has put Josh Myers in some legitimate jeopardy. Um, so as of as of right now, I think it was today or yesterday, um, when Justice and his sicko brain were doing snap counts of the ones from Family <laughs> from Night. Family Night. <laughs> it would appear that the starting lineup right now is Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, JRJ, and Tom. Yes. Where I, my personal favorite would be Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Tom, JRJ, Nyman. I that would be my my favorite. I'm with you on that. And I think part of the current rotation is just that uh, Tom can play other positions and Myers cannot play other positions. So as long as he's on the team, he's got to play center. So um, I think that's that. But I do think he's in danger. Like lack of versatility hurts you there. And he wasn't good last season. And and so that automatically makes you somewhat vulnerable. I don't think he'll get cut. But if there's a surprise, he's going to be on my possible surprise cut list by the end of camp for sure. You think you think Goot is going to allow a second round? No, pick no, no, no. I, I don't. That's why it's a surprise. Uh, I think he'll surprise. be around. <laughs> and they need you need a backup center. You do, even if he's demoted, you need to have that guy. But uh, I don't think they like him. I, I think they are kind of out on him. And uh, the scout that drafted him over Creed Humphrey is probably like in a in like cement shoes somewhere in Green Bay. I'm still falling back on my Corey Lindsley at home meme. To me, that's that's what caused the pick. They're like, oh, he's, have, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's pretty similar in terms of measurements, and they played the same position at the same school, so yeah. obviously it'll be a lateral move. They, they, do, they do seem to have like an old 80-year-old scout who sits in a corner, and he gets one pick per draft, and he's done a lot of damage. Um, that, that's the Amari guy. That's the Josh Myers guy. Like that guy just shouldn't be allowed it's, to pick it, anymore. It's the scene from Moneyball where some guy goes, but his girlfriend is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> All of the baseball references. I yes, love it. Bringing it back. But I think the biggest riser is probably Devonte Wyatt. Um, oh yeah. You my, mean he's actually playing. My, <laughs> that's the thing. So, so first of all, the only reason I'm optimistic about the defense is Devontae Wyatt. Like, that's it. That's it, because uh, we have a lot of information about the rest of the defense and Joe Barry. Um, but yeah, we should mention, Devontae Wyatt's a riser. He's played a lot more. He's played very well. But he was good last year when he played. <laughs> he just didn't play, um, which was annoying, and we all yelled about it. But um, that's this is good. 
um, that defensive front, if it it's not deep, but it's actually pretty formidable with uh, with Kenny and Devontae Wyatt and Slayton there. That that's I can work with that. You, that makes every, everybody better. I'm happy. Um, he better not screw up off so the field. I, that's why he fell. He's uh, off the field. I know. Red flag. But, thanks, Georgia. So, so um, the, the I looked through rundown. I, I didn't see this in there, so I don't think I'm I'm ruining a topic you were going to bring up later. Okay. Um, the big discussion out of part of the offseason is Packers openly admitting that the players are leading more of the defensive charge yep. than they were previously. Do you think that Wyatt's increased playing time is like Kenny going like this dude's a dog? <laughs> I don't know what to make of the defense anymore, and I don't think anything's off the table. I've had all kinds of wacky off-season theories about the defense, one of which I'm writing up right now. Like I think Pisacci is running the safety group. Um, I think that might actually be true. I think the secondary is being dictated at least a little bit by Jair Alexander. <laughs> I think that might be true. Um, and, uh, I mean, who knows? Um, Joe Barry's weird, and it, if anybody else is calling anything, I'm for it. So that's fine with me. He's so never finished twentieth uh, higher than 20th in DVOA. Never. That's... You know what? Usually, you just get lucky one season with the defense, and you finish in the top 15. Like, it, it just randomly happens to almost every defensive coordinator, except ours. Ours never finished outside of the bottom 10. Ever. It's incredible. It's really hard to do. I'm falling apart, by the way. The Brewers have absolutely imploded in extra innings here, so... Uh, I am. I'm so so, so removed from what's happening here. So due to Jr. Silence, I've been checking in on on his video feed, <laughs> and his face looks more and more dejected. Well, I mean, it's not. So it's, we it's, are we are in late September yeah, is, form already. Yes. Yeah, for sure. This is uh, this is a pretty special meltdown of of kind of epic proportions. So uh, well, well, this is a football podcast. We'll move on. We'll move on. I want to know real quick: <laughs> Were there defensive miscues involved in this? Oh no! It's just a, it's just they got to the tenth and decided to walk almost literally everyone. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Speaking of the tenth inning, I have a bone to pick with baseball. I'm not sure they're actually going to throw a strike, one strike in this inning. By the way, but keep going. <laughs> yes. What is your bone to pick with with baseball? Yeah. Speci- specifically because of the extra innings base runner rule. And nobody likes it. So that oh, I I like it as a way to end the game quickly. I understand the point of doing it. Um to appease the fans who want the game to be faster, blah, blah, blah. It's You're never going to make anybody happy with quote-unquote real overtime rules. Wins are not a pitching stat. No, they're Sweet not. Georgia no one thinks that. Welcome to 1989, Matt. So, it, it, okay. Uh, he who shall not be named, because JR would be upset, pitches a, per, pitches a literal perfect game for nine innings. Oh, yeah. Offense, like, like, no walks. This is Matt's no video game he's talking about, by the way. If you're trying to guess, oh, who yeah. the, if you're trying to guess who the real player is, it's the football player video game guy that Matt always mentions. <laughs> he plays baseball now. Anyway. It's a, it's actually not. It's the second one. Oh, yeah, okay. something about Mashorts. Ma- the, the yeah, Squ- Squirt Madrors. Oh, thanks for clarifying. All right, <laughs> moving on. Named, except when we name him. Yes, you guys made me do it. Okay, so Squirt Madrors is a starting pitcher instead of a closer. Um, throws nine perfect innings. Uh, something like like. Uh, yep. He was like 15 strikeouts. Um, Brewers don't score a single run. It goes to the 10th. Two sack flies. 
and the runner from second gets home. Yeah. When when not a single actual hit was made, credited with a loss. That's right. That is how wins That's and losses work. It is shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yeah. We've all we all know this in baseball. We 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 don't pay attention to that stat. That doesn't matter. It's a it's a ridiculous stat. All right, let's do fallers. Although we already talked about Josh Myers quite kind of a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's how far he's fallen. Yeah. Um, so the safety group's been interesting because it. First of all, the dumb thing about the safeties is that Darnell Savage seems like he's entrenched as a starter. Which w- what the hell? Like, you don't. Did you see? Did you see the highlight of him on his face? No, but I. I'm not surprised to hear with this news. I think it was I think it was Musgrave, like literally just like ran like an in route and then, and Darnell ends up on his feet. Yeah. Like there's no reason to give Darnell Savage any deference. He's been awful his entire career. Like this is stupid. Um and I know, yes, but I, the Google alert set up by his agent mean he's gonna be in my DMs. Uh, uh. <laughs> I mean it, it ha- they just don't value the safety position, right? Like that's what we're supposed to read into this. All uh, of it. I uh, partially yes, but I also think they don't really know what to do with it. Uh, part part of this is when they exercised Darnell Savage's fifth year option, which there was no reason to do. They put themselves in a tough spot where they have to have him on the team. Um, but you're right; they don't care about it that much. They've given the safeties mostly over to Rich Passaccia. Like all of his special teams gunners are the safeties. <laughs> they're they're a type, and there's lots of them. Like Dolan Levitt, he's a safety. Um, Jonathan Owens, he's a safety. Uh, Rudy Ford, he's a safety. These are all guys that play special teams and play it quite well. Um, and they've been kind of just rotating through. So Rudy Ford's still the starter on the depth chart. Um, and he was good last year. Uh, his PFF grades were good. He played pretty well. He occasionally got um, smoked on double moves, which, you know, fine. But he does Rich Passaccia's stuff well. Like, he runs forward and makes tackle and goes to football, which is most of what I want a safety to do. So I'm fine with that, but I, I do think they're literally just rotating all of the guys through week by week to see who looks good at any any given time. And Jonathan Owens uh, was actually pretty good on family night, so a guy to keep an eye on. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the, what I believe the reports out of camp of Jonathan Owens are is he's an NFL safety. Yes, that's correct. Like he's he's not a special teamer playing safety. He's not Darnell Savage. He's he's an actual safety. <laughs> it's nice to have one. Uh, he ain't gonna blow the doors off, but yep. he's also he is small and thick. He's, he's like thick. a badger. Oh yeah, he's fu- he's a fun. If you, if people haven't paid attention to Jonathan Owens because he's new and uh, he's a weird shape. He is uh, what is he five ten two ten? He's he's five ten and a quarter. He's a good ras cover. Like, yeah, yeah, and and two ten. So you've got a red height and a green weight. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, if anybody looks him up on Raz, he's John Owens on Raz. If you type in Jonathan, it will not come up, which made it hard to find him. But he's he's a he's like a nine eight guy, and his only deficiency is his height. <laughs> when your height is a deficiency, but not your weight, you're fun. I like you. That's good mm-hmm. to have. Um, but I mean, he's, he's, also, built, he's built like his wife. He's a content <laughs> machine because of his glorious wife. Yes, also. But that's like they are built incredibly similar. They, <laughs> they, they are short. And they're, thick. they're thick. <laughs> they're they're muscly. They're a, a strong duo. Um, I I am rooting for him. He uh, once I saw the Raz card, I was like, oh, it's safety Debo Samuel. This is fun. Let's 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 work <laughs> it's with this safety Debo. That's what he's. Nobody's. Nobody is shaped like that. Like, if you're shaped like that, usually just a linebacker doesn't make it in the league. That is, he is uh, the guy I'm pulling for the most. So, who is the who is the linebacker we had with 
good athleticism and tiny arms. Uh, Mc- Summers? Yeah, Summers. Ty Summers, man. The, yeah. That guy sucked. <laughs> but, like, that's – you become Ty Summers usually. You don't yeah. become an NFL starting safety. Oh, by the way, Chris Barnes is the starting safety for the Arizona Cardinals, if you're wondering how good the Arizona Cardinals are. <laughs> Woof. Does anyone have good safety? Not safety. Sorry. Sorry. Weird. Starting linebacker. My fault. That oh, was, oh, that was oh. dumb. Um, my bad. It, you, th- you think that they they can even win a game this year, like even with how bad the NFC? I mean, I think they do get Kyler back at some point, right? At which point they can... Yeah, but it, but if he's if he comes back after October, the new Call of Duty is going to be out. Oh, and then it's toast. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> they are so bad. Um, they will threaten the record, I think. Yeah, their, their, their projection was like five wins, but projection systems never hit outliers correctly, and they're going to they're gonna be awful. Um, all-time awful. Um, and I, I think we should... So before we move on to questions and whatnot, uh, Shamar Jean Charles is going to get cut, right? Like surest bet Super, on the yeah on the whole team. Like that surest God got sandals. That dude is not on the team. Yeah. Okay. Um, bad draft pick. The same eighty-year-old scout who drafted Josh Myers and Amari Rogers also drafted Shamar Jean Charles. So. It's a rough, rough couple years. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know I'm not good, but I'm slow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Before we move on. Do you want on, to spin through the depth chart a little bit? Sure. Or we kind of hit on everything. Well, we hit on most we of the surprises. Well, like, um, yeah. Justin Hollins over Kingsley, uh, JJ Enigbari. That was a little surprising, I'd say. Yeah, that's surprising. Yeah. Um, that That's kind of... Uh, nothing else was that big of a deal, though. Uh, the first depth chart is usually like sort of an inspirational depth chart more than anything else. Um it's 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 a to give an indication of who's going to play but it's also to motivate guys who are who are crappy at the moment to start doing better um but like that's not even that big a deal like those guys are both going to play probably i don't think any anybody's in danger um and, and uh like you nobody was like out of position even like Toure was like well, it's weird he's the slot, but it's not weird he's one of the top four. It's just weird where they put him, and <laughs> that's all. Um, so that's it. And I, I kind of like Hollins. He's he's pretty good, so that's fine. Um, I, I don't know. Do, do, do you notice anything else weird on the ch- on the chart? I I really didn't. I thought it was pretty no, pretty like, by the book. You yeah. You the to me Hollins over JJ. That was the big one. Yeah. And like Myers yeah, being there. Okay. Um. Anyway. Packers doing what we think they should do. All right. I, I, well, I guess... there, there was the unusual move to re- release Danny Etling. I don't know if you'd call that unusual, yeah. you know, in retrospect, but that that did that did raise an eyebrow, I guess. It, that's the, true. I, I would say that the speed at which they replenish the roster has been surprisingly slow. I suppose. Um, like when they when they cut, uh, was it Ford? What, what seventh Ford? round pick? Yeah, was that the seventh round pick that they cut? Jonathan Garvin. You're talking about Jonathan Garvin. Garvin. Garvin, um, like his roster spot was open for multiple days. Maybe they're just doing an extra good job of scouting. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a little yeah. weird. Atling's, you know, um, has enough experience that, like, I feel like he could actually be a worthwhile clipboard holder behind a young quarterback. So a little surprising, but I also think they drafted Sean Clifford to do that job specifically because yeah. he's an old man as well. Um, I am surprised that Magoo's on the team. Uh, I, like, I, I don't get what they're doing there. I guess you need a camp quarterback, so I guess that's what they're doing there, but that could have been Etling, and uh, I don't think that, that Magoo is very good. So that one surprised me more than anything. I think I think Magoo is a good 
backup uh, mold because he's like you you just like run him out there to to run a college offense. Sure, out of he's mobile. He can get outside the pocket and do crap like that. Yeah, yeah, and and so like in a situation where you have to put in a backup and run a simplistic offense, he's kind of like the perfect version for that. He's tall Johnny Manziel. Yeah, yeah. All right, fine. It doesn't matter. Like it, if Jordan Love gets hurt, it just means we get closer to drafting his replacement. So that's that's saw, what our backup quarterbacks are oh for. My God, Maybe dude. Danny Hetling was too good, honestly. After after Etling was let go, I saw the worst take on the Twitter.com from a um, formerly disgraced Packers blogger. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, so I'll just say it's someone of note. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of libel on the show, but good job so far. What? what? I did nothing. No, you didn't. I did. A lot of near libel. Near libel, yeah. <laughs> There's no such thing. Libel that is, Jace. That is a That is a binary thing. It's libel or it's not. That's true. That's very true. Um, so the, the, this person's take was with Etling gone, the, the Packers are a high ankle sprain of Jordan Love away from a top five pick and they should be blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, you mean the team that missed the playoffs last year, if they lost their starting quarterback, they'd be bad. You get, did you guys know that? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, I also Denny, don't know Denny why Etling. Danny Etling's departure changes that calculus. If Jordan Love's sprained ankle like yeah top five pick no matter who your backup on this roster is so yep. yeah that's interesting take but whatever indeed all right and i was going to talk about anders carlson but he's actually been good lately so yay for that yeah but you know if you're a kicker aren't you supposed to be just good right away there's no like developing over three years so this if is you're a kicker uh, this is my big problem with him i am with you on that and uh first of all i don't like it when siblings are taken uh anders is daniel carlson's brother and uh, I've seen a lot of people tweeting like, well, uh, the Vikings were too quick with Daniel Carlson. It was the Vikings, right? They cut him. They, yeah. Uh, they were yeah. too quick and with him. And then he went on to be the most accurate kicker in history, yes, I believe. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is like the intercontinental title holder in the WWF. It, it, like, every, everybody gets to be the most accurate kicker in NFL history for some of them. That's not time. true. The intercontinental title holder is the most oh entertaining God. person. I don't know anything about wrestling, man. I just they're the, they're the, like everybody's So, okay. Hulk Hogan. I don't actually is, care. I was trying to make a reference. No one would comment. <laughs> <You're picking laughs> the wrong random words to throw together, Paul. No, so the wrong all I words. have to say, like Hulk Hogan is the heavyweight champion. Macho Man is the Intercontinental. Okay, that those are your archetypes. Got it. Makes sense. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes. Anyway, really quick. Daniel Carlson was an excellent college kicker who made like 85 per- – that's no, not it's too high, but uh, he was like one of the top percentage guys. He had a big leg, uh, and he came into the league, and he had one bad game with the Vikings, but was otherwise you – know, he's very good at making long field goals. He's very accurate. Anders Carlson was garbage in college. He was very inaccurate. He got hurt. He did not have a big leg. And I don't know why they drafted him in the first place. So um, – and Jair's right. Like, kickers aren't developed – it's just kicking the ball through uprights. Uh, it's like shooting jumpers. Like you're just good at it, or you're not good at it. Like th- this is. So he's been good lately. Still skeptical on that one. Think they should have competition for him. It's not that hard to find other kickers to put pressure on. They had a bunch in last year. Some of them were okay. And uh, we'll be monitoring him for causing disasters. Because yeah, but he's been better lately. So that's something at least. Did you see Crosby's Instagram? No, no. Did he? <clears throat> did he invite himself back? Um, he was hitting, okay. I always discredit kicks against air. Um, which fine. He was kick, yeah. He was kicking 60 yarders with legitimate height underneath him, like real NFL kicker height. 
um, the whole caption was about how he had surgery on his knee, I believe, and his power is back to where it was before his leg went bad. Nice. Um, and yeah, he the he'll be an he excellent bo- Jets kicker as soon as their kicker has any problems at all. Um, their kicker is Greg the Leg Zerline, who had the second best year of his career last year. Okay, so not that one. Maybe he'll get hurt. Do you do you think there's any chance Mason Crosby kicks for the Green Bay Packers this year? What what are the odds you? Would <laughs> I think there's a non there there's a non-zero chance. Yeah. That I, think non-zero before, too. We, I think it's non-zero too. I think it's non-zero too. I think you're right. I, th- I think if, if you if we see less than ninety percent of extra points through the preseason, um, we're going to see Mason Crosby. Yeah, I think so too. Yep. I, can, I think I think it's weird that he doesn't have a home yet, but can, maybe it's still this one. Maybe I was like, do we do we have anyone that can kick off? Uh, I don't know. I don't. Is O'Donnell kick off? I always forget. Well, this is when, this is when we're gonna find out that like Keyshawn Nixon can secretly kick touchbacks. <laughs> <laughs> he might be a safety. Keyshawn Nixon might yep. might play safety, return, whatever, whatever's needed, kicking. Yep. All right, should we do questions? Let's do questions. Yes. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we'll start with our, our Patreon questions. Oh, it's good to be back. Good to be back with, with, with the team here, with these familiar names. So uh, our Patreon <laughs> Patreons, of course, get subscribe uh, question priority. Start with Mark Putscarby. Paul has mentioned before how defense tends to be sort of random and variate from year to year. So does that mean the Packers do purely to random luck have a chance to have a top 10 defense this year? Uh, As you've stated, they have an uncanny ability to be a bottom ten defense. Yeah, I've been so I've been writing posts for Acme Packing Company about things to be optimistic about, and I've got one for the defense. I really do. It's just that I'm not sure that with Joe Barry coordinating it, it can work. But if if you want if you want a couple things, I, I got them for you. So first thing, um, the Packer defense last year was the unluckiest defense against dropped passes. Teams, other teams' receivers dropped fewer passes against the Packers uh, than any other team's defense. That will probably regress to the mean. That actually helps kind of a lot. Drink. The next one, um, this, is, uh, this is dumb. This is a Joe Barry thing, and I hate every sec- everything about what I'm about to say. But the Packers were, last year, the worst team on second down by a country mile. Now, they were actually pretty good on third down, it's just that they faced far fewer third downs than every other team did. But they actually got off the field 
Uh, I think they were like the third or fourth best team at getting off the field on third down. Now they sucked on fourth down, which undid some of that work too. But so the problem on second down was that they gave up five and a half yards per rush on second down and an obscene amount of first downs on second and long. Um, They always go light on second down and it just kills them. Um, So I think that will actually come back next year for a couple of reasons. Uh, One of which their defensive line, I think is going to be stouter with Devontae Wyatt playing there and Slayton playing there full time. And uh, Lucas Van Ness will also be on the field probably, certainly until Gary gets back. But um, on a lot of plays, I suspect he'll play with the other edges. And uh, while he was a very good pass rusher at Iowa, he is, he's a big uh, edge rusher, and he's also a very good run defender. They're going to replace a couple of their worst run defenders with some serious upgrades at run defense. Uh, and finally, uh, Adrian Amos was very bad in run defense last year because he was very slow, um, and Darnell Savage sucks. But whatever special teamers end up playing safety will probably be good at run defense just kind of accidentally by making wrong reads and stuff. Um, (laughs) But I actually think that'll help that second down um, quite a bit, and it's just a matter of if they can continue to be good on third down. So um, I don't know that they'll jump into, you know, top five, top ten. Not They won't be top five. Just They will not be top five. Um, But, like, maybe, maybe if they're healthy – and with some personnel changes, they can eke into like 10th-ish. I think that's at least possible. That's my best-case scenario. The Green Bay Packers have assembled what is essentially Cerberus, the three-headed hellhound yeah. protector of Hades, but the middle head is full to the brim with mashed potatoes. Yeah, you know, the other thing, uh, so <laughs> this is this is a... I put together a list of all the quarterbacks that are likely to play this year, and except for Patrick Mahomes, they're all bad. Uh, they're Like, golf's one of the best. Um and your defense, the reason it's volatile is because your schedules uh, and the offenses you play against impacts it so heavily. They play a ton of awful quarterbacks. And I was like, oh, this looks good. They might actually be able to do something with this. But then you go look at the quarterbacks they played last year. Um, and like Also bad. They got, like, <laughs> they got Bailey Zappi last year, and they got a bunch of trash quarterbacks last year. And they, they like got torn up by a lot of them. So I, well, it's a, it's a good theory, but we got to see it put into practice. But they got a lot working look, if, for them. If... If Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson played every, beat them, oh, yeah, did he, he beat played, them? Or if did he they played every them? game like he played against the Packers, yeah. he would have got extended. <laughs> God, that was so annoying. Uh, anyway, they they have a lot working for them. Regression to the mean will be their friend on defense. It's just they have to actually play like not idiots. That's all. Uh, on our way to Kentucky, we were trying to entertain my son for a bit, and we were, he was giving us trivia questions related to Greek and Roman mythology. So. Um, <laughs> This is my family. And uh, Cerberus came up. Uh, who's the three-headed monster with the dog face or whatever? Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't know the answer. I guess Minotaur, I guess uh, uh, Medusa, I guess Steve <laughs> because I you know started coming up with, mm, with random random names. Yes, yeah, Steve. Um, also, I briefly learned Prometheus's brother's name, but I've forgotten it now. I think it's uh, I don't I, I don't remember if it it's if Titan, uh, Ecclesiastes yeah. or something. Uh, probably not that, but yeah. yes. Yeah, no, it's I'm doing a little mixing and matching of the mythologies here. But anyway, great Cerberus reference. The mashed potatoes thing you lost me. Tip, very good Matub. Like, here's some here's some interesting classic information followed by something else. Uh, anyway, I, I've lost my train of thought completely. <laughs> so, so this guy's hanging out with Icarus, right? And he's like, "Yo, Icarus, I'm really hungry. Oh, you want to order some hot wings? Oh crap, sorry, dude." 
Very good, yes. Highly offensive, Dick. Yes. <laughs> Too soon. Yep. Um, TJ Wessel says, well, the Packers force us. <laughs> By the way, that joke's better if you use Daedalus, who is his dad, because then it's a reference to his dead son. What is it? Oh, oh, God. No, I didn't mean for it to get this dark. What happened here? Um, well, the Packers, this is a question by PJ Wessels. Will the Packers force a safety this season or even have the chance to? Who has more snaps at safety this season, Ford, Savage, Razul, or yet to be signed other players? So we, we've talked about this, but yeah. I guess we can answer the last one. Yeah, they're going to force a safety by forcing someone to play safety. Hi-yo. Rizal Douglas, come on down. <laughs> they actually. Oh, have, sorry, I stepped on that. My bad. My bad. My it's bad. All right. Um, uh, in terms of scoring a safety, I suspect they will because their pass rush is very good and the quarterbacks they play are largely trash. So they should have some opportunities to actually create safeties. In fact, if they don't get Justin Fields for a safety, I should. I would actually be a little surprised. And I think. Uh, I think Savage leads safeties in snaps just because he seems so entrenched for no good reason. That would be my <laughs> guess. Hey, if if uh, Justin Fields or Lovsky's. Does that end his career? I think so. Yeah, that's it. Mm. The Packers are going to have a chance to do that. That that first week game is going to be. There's so much that's right. so much narrative is going to be derived from that one game. It's yep. going. It's 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 an all time inflection point for so much, so many things. I can't wait. I'm terrified to uh, live here if the if the Packers lose that game. It's going to be just, <laughs> just awful. Oh man! But just imagine, uh, Samari Torre twist his ankle and then all of a sudden out of the locker room oh my god it's randall cobb again (laughs) no no (laughs) yes that would scare the bears but no rob regis asks why is there so much optimism about justin fields given how abysmal he was as a passer over the past few years and then it would effectively require an historic jump for him to be a good passer it's not just in chicagoland but promulgated promulgated geez jr by national media as well i also miss said chicagoland Promulgated by national media as well. We so we've already talked about Justin Fields, but we can we can spend a little more time yeah. on how how great this crash and burn is going to be. So I have a good answer to this one too, which is uh, this is highly impacted by fantasy football. And Justin Fields was a legitimate fantasy weapon on account of rushing for the second most yards for a quarterback in NFL history last year. He's good at running fast, um, but that does help to disguise just how bad he was at passing. Um, the other thing is he's getting weapons. Uh, they they actually upgraded their receiving core quite substantially. Yes, Chase Claypool sucks, and we can make fun of them for that. Um, but uh, uh, DJ Moore, is that who it is? Yes, right? Yes. Um, thank he's, you. He, DJ Moore is a real NFL wide receiver. Yeah, and a legitimate... Oh, um, a guy who's uh, put Vellis, up... Oh, go ahead. Uh, Vellis Jones got his ARP card, so he's yeah, probably yeah, pretty psyched yeah. about that. But um, uh, more, more like has put up excellent numbers with bad quarterbacks in the past. He's only played with bad quarterbacks. He's got like kind of a Joey Galloway thing going on here. And like you can project some increase in passing play based on that. Um, now they're still bad. Like Mooney is a good number two and he gets to play number two now, but like, it's not a good court. Mercedes Lewis and Rob and, and Bob Tunyon are um, like, a, a, a twisted ankle away from being their starting tight ends if Cole Komet happens to get hurt. Um, so, like, it's upgraded, but it's not, like, hugely upgraded. <laughs> um, and that, But that gives people, like, it's like, oh, a number one receiver joined them. This is the perfect situation for him to take stuff. Like, eh, okay, it's better, but let's not get crazy here. So it's fantasy stuff. It's the running. It's, it's the exciting running that he does. But, yeah, passing still very, very rough. Uh, people should not be as optimistic about this. Outsiders actually, uh, it was Mike Tanier who wrote the Chicago chapter. 
And I think the first line of it is, everybody should understand that Justin Fields is probably bad. <laughs> and uh, goes from there. Yeah. Um, the passing ooh, was ooh, bad. Ooh. I got it. I got it. Justin Fields is the L.A. Angels of quarterbacks. He looks awesome in highlights on SportsCenter, and then you see the final score. Oh, this is good. <laughs> Tungsten Armo Doyle situation. All right. I like it. Yes. Yes. Go ahead, what's up? I brought it back for you, JR. Oh, I'm, I'm proud of you. This is very <laughs> I'm saying, good. I was like, this is, very... <laughs> this is why we do it. You know, uh, speaking of ARP card, I have my father and I have the same name. And for some reason, I got on a list that belongs to my father. And I get ARP card stuff in the mail all the time. ARP really wants me to be part of their team. And I'm just like, guys, I was born. I'm not. I'm not your people. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Actually, uh, um, when you turn 40 is when you qualify for an ARP card. I've uh, been getting them for years. Okay, fair enough. My my dad. I will never forget this. He got an ARP card in the mail. Um, I think it was like four months before his 40th birthday, and was hyped. Like like I beat the system. I'm gonna go get my grand slam at denny's for half off <laughs> are, are they not wasting a ton of marketing money on this like why are you sending it to 40 year old people because you can't sign up until you're 60 isn't that right no i thought it was 40 i thought 40 is when you get to get your mm. card, but i have no idea don't care i mean if you're not getting it paul you as the elder statesman on this podcast i think that's a pretty good sign that it is not you're, they're not marketing to just anyone no they're not but uh yeah they might know my my arp skepticism <laughs> so but they definitely don't. Anyone between 18 and 50 can take advantage of all benefits of ARP membership, but they prefer 50-year-old. <laughs> that is interesting. So you, you're going to be ostracized as one of the, the 42-year-olds who signed up for the Perkins discount. For the, uh... <laughs> hey, uh, old man on a bike in Sherlington is back. I'm an old man on a bike who appreciates value, a prime example. <laughs> Being a prime example, and note that prime is capitalized. Capital yes, P. it is. Prime example being the used wetsuit I purchased on Amazon. Get it? Yeah. Prime. Nice. Prime. At a highly discounted rate to avoid being cold in the community pool. I think the Packers share my focus on value, perhaps most recently highlighted by the signing of Simone Biles' husband, SBH, in a, <laughs> as, a, as a abbreviation. <laughs> So good. My question is, which of the Packers' low-cost free agent signings have the chance to be the next Devondre Campbell or Razul Douglas, and can we henceforth only refer to Jonathan Owens as SBH? Uh, sure, and it's him. Like That is the answer. He, uh, yes. yep. he, he's a Raz stud who's playing a position where he's going to get a lot of opportunity, and uh, the celebrity thing is just nice to boot. So, yeah, it's totally him. Like That's where your money should be, and we can call him SBH. I, I do like that. Uh, I also like the uh, the pro the capitalization of, I like it's an audio medium but you made a pun anyway good good work and uh, old, old man sorry sorry I missed you last weekend um, some other time oh, this so it feels so good to be back like we are officially back when you've got an old man on a bike at Shirley indeed and, and it was a banger good job man uh, yes Patrick Detmer says assuming David Bakhtiari is healthy and playing at left tackle and Elton and John Runyon hold down the guard spots which starting offensive line would you prefer Center Myers, left tackle Yash. Center Myers, left tackle Tom. Center Tom, left tackle Yash, or something else. I think he means right tackle because he already said that Bakhtiari was right was left tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, th this is true. He is writing LT, but yeah, we can assume Bakhtiari's LT. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Well, as I've stated, uh, I want Yash at right tackle and I want Tom at center. I agree. I think that sounds like the best option, right? That yeah. seems like the way they're going to go. No dispute mm -hmm. here, hundred percent. And I if think that's, that's what that. Do they trade Josh Myers? Like, if he's not your starting center, what? What? He's not one of the versatile ones, right? Yeah. Or can he play guard? 
Uh, I don't think he can play it very well. Uh, he's he's not really he doesn't have the heft for it or the experience yeah. doing it. Mm, he's kind of got a guards who can't this play is very why, well. Like I said, this is why he's going to be one of my surprise options for that. He's not. Brown. Yeah, he's going to get traded to Waversville. Yeah. That's uh, man, that's tough. That's tough. It is. What's tough. the name? What's the name of the guy they could have drafted? Creed, uh, Creed, Creed Humphrey. Humphrey. I was going to say Creed Bratton, and I knew. That <laughs> The best part about Creed Bratton is that's his real name. Yes, that is the best part of that. Game. I know. And he's got a great backstory in real life. It's, it's a he does. wild. Um, they use it a lot in the show. Yeah, the, <laughs> yes, they do. He's like, I, I was in a band. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, really? He was in a band. The Creed Humphrey-Josh Myers comparisons are going to last into perpetuity. That's more of a coincidence, I think, than anything else. But it sure looks like they missed. Each. Um, yep. So did. according to the Draftniks, uh, apparently it was shocking. That Myers was taken over Humphrey. Yeah, I mean that was a real time reaction. I felt like that was out there right away. Creed Humphrey yes. was the best scouted center, and Creed Humphrey was the most athletic center to ever play college football. And what else? Like, <laughs> but Josh Myers has moxie. No, no, no. That's not how this no. works. Like, um, don't do that. Well- he played at the same school that their heretofore excellent center had played. That's yeah. the only thing I could think of. Yeah, that's not a good reason, though. Don't no, I'm sure either. that's not the reason they so actually sure used. I'm sure they have be. perfectly good data on this. So the, the Packers have a history of being one pick wrong. Like, yeah, in, in, the, in the last five years. Like, <laughs> I know everybody gets one wrong, but they seem to get them wrong in weird ways. That's... Uh, that was one of them. The Amari Rodgers was one, too. Like, there was no reason to draft him. He, he scouted less well than people taken right after him, and he wasn't a good athlete. Why do you take that guy? Like, don't do that. But are there any superstars taken immediately after yes. Amari? Yes, there were. Amon Ra. Oh, yeah. And that wasn't immediate. That was, like, way after. I mean, if you There's... want Nico Collins instead, he's not a star, but he's way better than Amari. He yeah, went but... three picks later. Yeah, so there you go. But I'm saying, like, yeah, like, Sun God was taken, like, a full round later. Yes, but he's but a like, slot receiver. If you're drafting slot receivers, take that slot receiver. Take Sun God, yeah, absolutely. I think that his brother being bad and the old school thought mentality. This is all just, it's the reverse all just, of the Corey Lindsley situation. <laughs> it's like we have a reverse nepotism problem with skill position player, with players yeah. versus our nepotism problem with coaches. No, but here's the thing. So Anders' brother is good, so they drafted him. Yeah. Sun God's brother is bad, so they avoided him. Yep. Like, <laughs> Alas. But no, uh, I, I mean, uh, you've got also USFL superstar and former Green Bay Packer Jay Sternberger taken immediately before Terry McLaurin. Um, you've got Kevin yeah. King as opposed to that. We guy all from know Wisconsin. that one, yes. Like, as opposed to that guy from Wisconsin, did you just <laughs> did you just yada yada a defensive player of the year and three time top three finisher for the award as yes. that guy from Wisconsin? I did absolutely. <laughs> also, the fact that that year I was pounding the table for David Njoku at that position, and they took him and, in that very same spot. Yes, like the Browns ended up with that. Yeah, with our pick and took him. What about better pick? Would've. Not the same, but it would have been a better pick. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, getting Njoku and whiffing on Watt is very different than getting another guy from Wisconsin and Kevin King. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Vince Beagle. Oh, yeah. All Packers right, noted nose tackle Vince Beagle. Vince... That's true. <laughs> 
Maybe Josh Myers can play nose tackle. JD says, is Luke Musgrave finally the elite pass-catching tight end we've been looking for? Sub-question, over under 0.5 offensive snaps this season for Keyshawn Nixon. Uh, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, the first thing I want to know is if JD meant to do uh, Jack Black as Barry in High Fidelity. Uh, uh, nope, sorry. Do you guys, have you guys seen High Fidelity? Yeah, but I don't, I don't get why that ties in. Say, say. Do do you judge an artist by the later sins and ignore their earlier sub-question? Sub Is it better to burn out than fade away? Yes, <laughs> right, yes. Okay, I, I pick it up what you put on. I'm bored like now, that. yes. Uh, you could answer it since you already. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I really hope he is, but I'm not going to comment on a first year tight end because I spent the last five years saying that first year tight ends don't exist. So uh, I generally agree with the first year tight ends don't exist thing, except um, in the Shanahan offense they have before. George Kittle was actually good right away, and uh, if Musgrave can stay on the field, I think he probably is. Uh, we've heard whispers out of camp that he's way better than they thought he was, and they already thought he was very good. So um, I, I'm very optimistic about him. I think we got something here, uh, and I'll take the over on Keyshawn. Uh, I think I will absolutely look. If, do if you were asking, if you're asking 0.5 snaps per game, nah. then then I'm questioning. But no, I'm hammering Whole season, that absolutely. They'll do at least one trick play at some point with him. At some point, if the season goes like we think it will, they're going to they're gonna be able to empty the you know empty the bag of tricks because yep. why not? I, I just don't know if it's going to go like that because, like you said earlier, the division is so, so bad. I just think they're going to be within shouting distance with two weeks to go at the very least. I think so, too. It's going to be hard for them to be out of it. It just is. It, it's going to end up as one of those, like, they're not mathematically eliminated until the last week. Like, yep. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They're going to be need three things to go right. Yes. All right. Slowly, Joel Osmond asks very simply, "What's everyone drinking?" Um, I mean, I'm in Kentucky. I'm not drinking bourbon, but that's only because I just got here. So believe me, at some point, I will be drinking bourbon. I'm drinking the uh, Love Winds Pineapple Mango Fruited Sour Ale from the uh, controversial Minocqua Brewing Company. Wow, that's a lot to unpack. Love Winds (laughs) on on your first Packers podcast of the year. Love that. So good. But why why is it controversial? Oh, man. It's a whole thing, Matt. Um, Matt. I'll try and be as objective here as I can. All right. This is a book yeah. that you need to read. So the oh, Monaco Brewing Company opened in an old gas station in the resort town of Monaco, Wisconsin. And it's run by, uh, I forgot the guy's name, and it doesn't matter, uh, an outspoken liberal activist uh, who's run for office before and lost. And all of his, like, I've got a beer with Bernie Sanders' face on it in my fridge, too. Um, and he has uh, run a, it's a conservative area. And, uh, he has it, it opened as like a brewery that like served beer. You could drink it outside, and uh, you could drink on premises. And then he started getting hit with a bunch of infractions for minor ordinance violations and some major ones. Like I don't think it's, he was supposed to have parking spots <clears throat> as part of his zoning, and he didn't. And I know the one that conservatives always cite is he doesn't have a lid on his dumpster, which uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but fix your lid on your dumpster guy. Um, And so this week it got shut down for breaking too many ordinances, but it's also definitely been targeted because of its message. So it's an interesting question of First Amendment rights, because the government's not supposed to target you for your political speech, versus actually running a decent business because um you know a lot of businesses break minor ordinances with some regularity and it's easy to target ones you don't like and let ones anyway it's a whole thing all of the conservative media in wisconsin is all like uh this guy's getting his comeuppance for doing all this stuff and all the 
the people on his side are like he's being target and uh, anyway um I, I just think that you should leave people alone to do their business and um, their beer is actually pretty good so I so would. you you actually you um struck a chord and made me remember um because they did an inauguration day beer with a picture of joe biden on they did it. that's it's, that's, uh, that's why i remember it's, it's called like their non-offensive ale or something like that that's it's a peaceful transition of flavor. Oh, is what the can says. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I got here because I was up clever. in I was up in Minocqua recently, and so I got I got some beer there, and it has love on it, so appropriate for the Packer podcast. Perfect, perfect. All right, we got a couple more. All right, oh, I'm, I'm also I'm not I'm not drinking. Oh, yeah. I'm drinking uh, Clover Valley purified water. Hey, straight oh, from yeah, very nice. Dollar very General. Way to go. Um, I uh, I'm trying to go down a weight class i feel like a ham planet recently so i'm eating clean and not drinking all right this is very unlike you very unlike you um i'm, I'm worried about you so jack Bushman <laughs> asks my co-workers are vikings fans they are adamant that jordan love will stink however as positive reports continue to come out i can see that they are developing plans for their worst case scenario that jordan love will become another great quarterback one has threatened to quit watching football. The other claims he will become a Packers fan. It's like watching someone move through the stages of grief, anger, depression, bargaining, acceptance. Except it's funny since it's just football. In your opinions, will what will constitute a successful season from Jordan Love? This is like the number one preseason question. Yeah. yeah. What is success so for Jordan? Love? For me, this is, I think, different than it was from like a Viking fan perspective. Because I think Love can, uh, to put this in Viking fan terms... Um, if Jordan Love is as good as Kirk Cousins, I don't think that's actually a success. If that happens, they'll definitely make the playoffs because Kirk Cousins on the Packers is absolutely a playoff team. But Kirk Cousins on the Packers for the next 10 years, that's not good. That's uh, that's being a mediocre, winning the division once every four years and flaming out in the first round of the playoffs. That's what that gets you. So success for me is like being a top five like top seven, five quarterback um, w- with some room to grow still um, or being like the worst quarterback in football. Those are the two outcomes I would prefer and not like going 10 and six, 10 and seven, 11 and six and eking into the playoffs. Um, that's good. Uh, successful. Like if he is Kirk Cousins, that probably is successful, but I don't like that. So that's my answer is that it's controversial, but that's what it is. Okay, so you want greatness or bust? Yes, greatness or bust. Fair. Um, uh, I would say a successful season from Love is um, by, you know, like m- the majority of the advanced metrics beyond just passer rating, um, he's top 12. It's like slightly above average. Um, and also if he is number one with a bullet and in our division. That's fair. I, I was at, uh, Oh, go ahead, Jar. No, 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 no. Continue. Continue ruminating. Um, I, I was going to go with uh, Dakota, which is Ben Baldwin's quarterback stat that combines EPA per play and CPOE, and I'm trying to pull it up. But I think if he has a... Yeah, there we go. Got it. So um, if he has a .10 um, Dakota... That will be a successful season for him. So if you if you pull up runningbacksdon'tmatter.com throughout the course of the season and you see him with a 0. 0.1, uh, that means he's doing good, acceptably good. You can win with that guy. If he's below that, uh, that's where you get into like uh, Ryan Tannehill's 
0.08. Kirk Cousins, 0.08. Perfect. Uh, that's the level, the 0.08.07. That's Andy Dalton. That's last year's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's Derek Carr. You know, you don't want those guys. Those guys are losers. You want a point one and above. That that's uh, <laughs> yeah. That's Joe Burrow. That's uh, you know the, <laughs> that's Josh Allen. That's what you want. So that's what you're looking for there. My answer actually is going to riff on another question, which is our last question, our All only right. Twitter question, which comes from Jonathan Deal. The consensus around the team, based on interviews, is that we should give Love half the season to make any evaluation. How long should we give the defense before we make evaluations? Um. I, I don't. I guess I don't quite understand the wording of the question. How long we should give the defense? But my interest in this question is more like it is trying to envision the evolution of the season because initially there's going to be really good vibes in Green Bay because the the expectations are so low. Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, they were not playoff quarterbacks their first full season as starters, so there's going to be like a lot of leeway given, especially with how Aaron Rodgers left. There's no baggage. It's just like, okay, Jordan, what do you got? You know, and the first four weeks, five weeks, it's going to be like that, and then there's going to come a point where this division that we've talked about is bad enough that the Packers like actually are going to smell something that maybe they could actually like make the playoffs with him. And that's when the screws are going to tighten both certainly from the fan standpoint, maybe from the team standpoint, I'm really encouraged by how laid back he seems to be about everything. Like emotionally, he seems like totally unbothered. And obviously that could just be a front who knows, but it seems like, you know, there's no, there's, there's, there's just chill here. It's just very, very, very different energy. So I wonder what it's going to be like in week seven or week eight, because that's when I think expectations might shift. If there's a playoff spot in reach, you know, then it's like, forget, forget what the the predecessors did. You know, like he's, he's, he's got to be good enough to make the playoffs. I feel like it's, it's hard to imagine a world where he is actually as good as Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. Like, it feels like there's, there's just no way in my mind that he's going to be anything other than like just a little bit above average in his career. I'm not even talking about just this year. Like, he's going to be above average, maybe. I, I don't know if Packers fans are going to be fine with that. Probably not. And uh, I imagine he'll suffer for it. But, like, to me, it's not so, so much about what the season, what's the success. It's like, how does that change halfway through the season? Because that's that could be a completely different second half. So are you thinking he's, like, the kind of guy who's, like, uh, most of the time he's a Derek Carr and then will occasionally randomly, like, earn, a pro, earn a Pro Bowl like, like a Don Mikowski? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that feels like that feels like unfairly like lowering expectations for this guy. But yes, I mean, Derek Carr could could make a Pro Bowl. Has he made a Pro Bowl? He probably has. Um, I totally see him making a Pro Bowl. I mean, I just don't, you know, like. But notice, I I said he will actually earn a Pro Bowl. Okay, earn the Pro Bowl. Like so, Mikowski earned a Pro Bowl. Yeah, he did. He did. That's true. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like Kirk Cousins, that feels. It, it, they'd be very different quarterbacks, but it's still like that seems kind of like that would be right. That would be probably what we're headed towards. Um, yeah. But again, we're just reading Which, TV, so we don't have actual data. But what's funny is like, for Paul, isn't that like your doomsday scenario where they're yeah. like they're too good to draft a quarterback for their next ten years? It is. Yes, that is that is not good. Um, it's a good quarterback class next year, so that is that is bad. Um, it's the, I feel the first half of the Packers schedule is going to be hard to make any determinations around because um, it doesn't even have any of the good teams. So, like, the, the offense or defense. Uh, like, I think the big test, for the, um, the Saints still have a good defense. They would play them week three. That'll be a good love test um, to see how the Packer offense performs against them. Um, it is at home, which is nice. Um, but, like, 
there aren't a lot of good defenses on the schedule other than the Falcons are okay too. Actually, their defense is passably good. But other than that, like the Bears defense isn't going to be any good um, again. And the Lions defense isn't going to be any good. And the Raiders defense isn't going to be any good. I, are the Broncos good on defense? Is that a thing? They are. They have yeah. zero. Okay. So that's a good one. So like, uh, I, I would say like the week eight game will probably be a good, like that's the Vikings. Um, you'll, you'll have gone through a couple good defenses for love at that point. You should probably know what you have by then. Um, the D, the Packer defense, like, they should be awesome. Bro, I'm judging them now. Yeah, like, like we have a lot of data on them, but like if it's week five and they're in the bottom third of the league again, like th- you should fire Joe Barry because that's that's Justin Fields, Desmond Ritter, uh, Derek Carr with the Saints, the Lions, um, Jimmy Garoppolo with the Raiders, uh, and, and then yeah, like you got to stop that. You got to stop those teams from scoring points. That's garbage. Oh, did- did Garoppolo finally pass his physical? I don't know, but he's going to be the starter there, isn't he? Like, <laughs> I, but so I mean, that was the thing. They were all cloak and dagger about it for the longest time, and the rumor going around was that like he couldn't pass a physical, so they weren't going to put him through one. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, uh, if the defense isn't good, that, then we should just give up. That's you got to fire Joe immediately when that happens. Yeah. Hey, why don't we just get a good head start on it and just fire him tomorrow? I don't know. <laughs> Naked pictures. You know, it, it would do him a service to fire him now so he could catch on with another team oh, yeah. before this is, season. Is Rod Marinelli coaching anywhere right now? Oh, man. Is Rod oh, Marinelli man. coaching anywhere right now? Or is he retired? Anyway, um, we're, look, we're, we're done with the pod. Look, so. Wade, Wade Phillips is sitting on his couch, man. The XFL season is over. <laughs> the Houston Roughnecks ain't playing. I don't think Wade's <laughs> coming anymore, man. I think that ship is He's now, he, he never was and never will, but I'm just saying, like, a man can hold hope. <laughs> I don't think Rob Marinelli currently has a, has he, a role. He does not. He is not in football at the moment. All right. Um, well, that'll do it for us. We're done. Um, a nice tight podcast, as bag. always. Welcome yes. back, guys. Yeah, It's not 90 minutes, probably to the minute at this point. Something like that. It's like nothing has changed. All right. Before we get out, JR, do you have anything to plug? Over at the you know, I got my usual sports shenanigans going on. I've got uh, the Brewers and Bucks podcast, which, well, the Brewers one drops every Monday. If you, it's called Micro Brew. If you don't listen to that, you can check that out in the usual places. I uh, should have Ben Sheets on uh, this week's upcoming oh, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to retire. Uh, not retire his number. They're going to um, add him to the Walk of Fame. Walk of Fame? And All so- right. Getting a chance to chat with him. That happens later in the month. CC Devathia is going to be here later this month, too. It's going to be a wild time for yes. nostalgic Brewers fans who uh, are frustrated with the current team, even though the current team's in first place. But it's been <laughs> it's been arduous. Uh, so check that out. Um, Point Forward Podcast is the Bucks podcast that uh, is in a little bit of a hiatus in the offseason, but you can find that as well. Uh, sign up for the Journal Sentinel newsletters at jsonline.com slash newsletters. I write the daily briefing newsletter once a week, sometimes twice a week. And uh, you can sign up for that. We've got uh, we've got people writing that five days a week. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of newsletters that you can sign up for. That one that one's kind of our flagship. So I would uh, encourage people to check that out if they got a chance. Yes, do that one. It is excellent. Do all those in Ben Sheets rules. So that's a good get. I will definitely be checking that one out. Um, Matt, how about you? Got anything? Nope. I, thought uh, not. <laughs> I competed in a powerlifting meet this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. How'd uh, you do? How'd you do? Um, I got third in my weight class. Like, and nice. it wasn't out of three. Like, I legitimately beat people. <laughs> nice work. Well done. Um, That's fantastic. I, well done. I totaled, totaled 545 kilos, which is 12, 1,201 pounds. Um, yeah. And, uh, oh, and I qualified for nationals. Hey, all right. Going to, yeah, the, uh, going to the big show. 
Well, technically, the Nationals qualification window is closed because Nationals just happened and they don't open it for next year. But all I have to do is compete after January 1, put up the exact same total, and I'm off to Nationals. All right. Nice. Excellent. All right. Um, I am still on the Tailgate podcast, which you should go listen to as well, where uh, we we cover all things brewers and how arduous it is to enjoy them sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they have been better lately it's not tonight tonight was bad but uh, generally speaking their offense has picked up a little bit with self relic adding some some pop and uh, uh, carlos santana adding some pop a little bit anyway check that out i've got a few pieces up in acme packing company right now on reasons to be optimistic about this packer team uh when the rest of the world is not uh it's a a breath of fresh air and it's a, a joy and uh yeah, that, 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 that'll do it for us. Um, there is a preseason game this weekend. Everybody enjoy it. Uh, we will be back sometime soon with another episode of Reporting the